You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Well, it only seemed like the Blue Jays would never lose another baseball game, but even after dropping a series at Rogers Center to the Yankees, the Jays are still in excellent playoff position. Welcome to MLB.com Extras Toronto Blue Jays. I'm Matt Wehmeyer, joined by Blue Jays broadcaster Mike Wilner on this Monday afternoon. Mike, thanks so much for your time, and as we alluded to, uh, how huge in your eyes was yesterday's win to avoid the three-game sweep and have the Jays wake up on Monday only a half game back as opposed to what could have been two and a half games? Well, it, it certainly helps a lot. I mean, you'd always rather be closer than farther away, but if they'd gotten swept, I don't think it would have been the end of the world either. You know, the the roster that this team has assembled now over the past three weeks and the, the changes they've made have made them into one of the best teams in the game. And, you know, that doesn't mean they're not going to lose. It, it always means uh, it's way better to beat the teams in front of you and taking that last game means that they went four and two against the Yankees in these back-to-back series this month so they pick up two games head-to-head while they've picked up seven and a half games over the last 20 days uh it just continues to to be another notch in their belt and Mike I'm curious uh the Blue Jays 11 game winning streak was the fifth 11 game winning streak they've had in franchise history They've never won 12 in a row. Did that at all kind of weigh on their minds? Was that talked about before the game on Friday that, you know, hey, we can finally win a 12th game in a row. We're 0 for 4 in that department. Any talk about that, or is that a little bit overblown? I think there was talk about it in the media. I don't think any of the players were even aware of it um, or would have been had it not been pointed out by, by reporters. I don't think that had anything to do with it at all. I mean, it's just – it's just one of those things, right, and where um, you, know, you look back at the four 11-game One of the other ones was this year, which is incredible. Um, but the other ones were in the past, and, and not a lot of guys on those teams are on this team. And, and uh, yeah, I would have been surprised if there was a single person in that Blue Jays clubhouse even aware of the fact that 11 was the franchise record and that it hit them five times. Maybe someday 12 will come, but uh, two 11-game streaks this year, uh, not too shabby indeed. Mike, getting back to something you said uh, at the onset, you know, this team obviously is all in. David Price, Troy Tulowitzki, they're going for it this year. It's a great thing to see. They've got the longest current playoff drought of any major league club, having not reached October since winning it all uh, in 1993. How have you noticed uh, a re-energization, if that's a term, uh, of the fans and the and the fan base in Toronto? We're seeing near sellout crowds at Rogers Center. That obviously hasn't been the case for many years now. How great is it to walk into that ballpark and just see the energy that this this new these new faces are bringing to this Toronto Blue Jays franchise? Yeah, it is kind of amazing. I don't know if re-energization was a word before you <laughs> used it, but I'm going to say it is now. Okay, I will take it. Um, it, and it's spectacular. It really is. I mean, David Price, in his first start as a Blue Jay, which was back um, the first Monday in August against the Twins, and that was a sellout crowd, he, had, he said after the game that he's never pitched in an atmosphere like that ever. And this is a guy who's pitched in the World Series. This is a guy who pitched in a game 163. Um, you know, he, he's pitched in some serious, serious playoff environment. And he said this was the best atmosphere that he's ever pitched in. And that's what this ballpark can be and, and and i honestly i think that it's better now than it was when they sold that game in uh 91 92 93 94 um it, it's because that was more of a corporate crowd that was more the dome was 
new and it was kind of the place to be seen and whether you're watching the game or not, this is a younger fan base that's that's coming in to, to populate Rogers Center right now. It's a louder, I mean, Saturday or Friday night when David Price was pitching, he had two strikes and two outs uh, in the fifth, sixth, and seventh. And every one of those innings, everyone in the ballpark was on their feet screaming with two out and two strikes, which you didn't used to even see in the ninth before. Um, it's, it really is amazing. And the energy in the city is incredible. The willingness to pack the place is incredible. Um, and it's really tough to get a ticket now. And it's because this is what this, these people have been waiting for for a long, long time. Well, Mike, I'll tell you, in addition to the tens of thousands of fans who love coming to Rogers Center uh, nowadays, another guy that loves going there and pitching there, clearly, uh, Drew Hutchison. He was terrific again yesterday for the Jays, I believe six and two-thirds. And yep. his, his numbers boggle my mind because I can't recall the last time I saw any pitcher with home and road splits as drastic as his. His ERA on the road is nine. At home, it's 2.57. From what you've observed of him, how can you attempt to explain this this huge discrepancy? You can't. I, mean, <laughs> I honestly think it's just a coincidence. I really do. I mean, he's he's had some starts on the road where he's blown up real good. Um, there was one in Baltimore, one in Cleveland, one in Boston that I can remember off the top of my head where he was staked to like a five or six run lead in the fourth inning and couldn't get out of the fifth. Um, and, and those obviously skew the numbers a great deal. But when you look at those home numbers, and they're really good except for one thing, and that's innings pitch per start. Um, he pitched into the seventh inning yesterday, and I think it's only the fourth time all year he's done that. So um, he, he has not given up a lot of runs at home, but he's also not gotten deep into games a lot at home. Um, so it's not like he's been great at one and horrible at the other. Um, but I, I can't explain it. I don't understand it. His road ERA was better than his home ERA last year. Uh, Roger Center is a terrible place to pitch and a great place to hit. So it makes zero sense at all. Um, but I think, you know, hopefully what the Blue Jays saw yesterday and what they saw uh, against Oakland on Tuesday night means that Hutchison is starting to come around. He was one of the best pitchers in the major league last September, and uh, we know he's got it in him. He just got sent down to AAA because of all the off days, meaning the Blue Jays don't need a fifth starter again until August 29th. So he'll go down and he'll make a start again, uh, for Buffalo and, and get some work in and then probably come back. And there are six starts in the season left for that fifth starter from August 29th on. So they're going to need him, and, and here's hoping he's turning it around. Now, as fluky as those numbers appear to be, as you alluded to, you know, with the home and road splits, would the Blue Jays do something as drastic, assuming they reach the playoffs, as to only have him pitch in home playoff games? Do you think they would take that drastic of a measure? I don't think he would pitch at all in the playoffs, to be honest with you. I, you know, in the, you don't need a fifth starter in the playoffs. Sometimes you don't even need a fourth. I mean, it felt like Madison Bumgarner started every third game for the Giants last year in the postseason. But, uh, yeah, with all those off days and days between series and all that stuff, if the Blue Jays should get into the playoffs, which I, I think they will, and I think most observers think they will, um, you won't need a fifth starter once. Uh, there's, there's no situation in which you go five days in a row. So, uh, you know, uh, he may not even make the playoff roster. 
And that would be that would be something considering uh, the depth of this team and the numbers he's putting up at Rogers Center. But the playoffs, a different beast altogether, of course. Uh, we are speaking with Blue Jays broadcaster Mike Wilner on MLB.com Extras Toronto Blue Jays. Mike, want to get your thoughts on uh, Troy Tulowitzki. I think the Jays' recent 11-game winning streak have kind of disguised a little bit his relative struggles since joining Toronto, hitting just 219. This guy, of course, is Troy Tulowitzki. He's got the track record. He's got numerous accolades to his name. Any concern about him right now, or does his track record give people faith he's going to turn things around before long? No concern at all. And I'm, you know what? I'm glad you asked because I'm in the middle of writing a column about Troy Tulowitzki and, and why um, people who are, and a lot of people are, suggesting he move out of the leadoff spot um, are, are kind of missing a larger point. I, I have no concern. I think, uh, yeah, he's hitting 219. Uh, he's got a 333 on base with that 219 batting average, which is the fifth highest on the team behind Batista Encarnacion Donaldson and Chris Colabello. Uh, so he's still getting on base. And the crazy thing is, and this is getting into like the minutia and the sample size and all of that stuff. Troy Tulowitzki has started 16 games for the Blue Jays as the leadoff man. And in each one of his first at-bats of the game, whether in the top of the first or the bottom of the first, he's gotten out every single time. No walks, no hit batter, no nothing. He's gotten out. Outside of those 16 at-bats, Tulowitzki is hitting 292 with a 417 on base as a Blue Jay. He's been in the middle of a ton of rallies, and 16 starts, 15 runs scored. So he's scoring runs at a higher rate than pretty much anybody in the history of the game. Ricky Henderson is the all-time run scored leader, scored .74 runs a game. Tulowitzki's scoring .94. And the fact, too, is in the 17 games that Tulowitzki has started, the Blue Jays are 15-2. and two. So things seem to be going really, really well with him out of the leadoff spot. The only thing he's not doing is getting on base that first trip up. And while that might be a thing, it might not. It's only seven, or 16 at-bats or 14-2 and two when he starts. It's only 16 at-bats. But even if that is a thing, uh, he's a really, really good hitter. He's always been a really, really good hitter. And you want him up as much as possible uh, as, as it shows, you know, all the rest of the at-bats that he's had since he got here. Mike, real fascinating stuff uh, to go beyond that 219 batting average and to – to really reveal how much he has contributed to the Blue Jays' success since coming over uh, from the Colorado Rockies. Great stuff. Uh, Mike, just to wrap up here, the trade deadline, of course, has come and gone, but there's still activity on the waiver wires. Is there anyone you think the Jays could have their eye on, any activity they could be a part of uh, in the late part of August into September here? Yeah, I really think they're still looking for a fourth outfielder. Shai Davidi, who I work with at Sportsnet, is reporting that they're going to call up Ezekiel Carrera uh, before the Philly series starts. The Blue Jays haven't announced that officially yet. I think they'd really like – they don't have a fourth outfielder right now. Ryan Goins, who is the everyday second baseman, is the fourth outfielder. They don't want to put Chris Colabello in the outfield anymore uh, because it's just – I mean, that's not something you want to do. So I think that they would love to get a legitimate fourth outfielder and preferably someone who hits right-handed so that you can revere a bit of a breather or maybe move Revere over to center for a game or two and give Kevin Pillar a bit of a breather. Um, so I think they're they're on the lookout on the waiver wire for that kind of guy, someone who would slot in as a lefty-mashing, legit fourth outfielder. The 
They did have Danny Valencia before, who they let go at the end of July, but Danny Valencia is a third baseman uh, who was miscast as an outfielder, much like Chris Colabello is miscast as an outfielder. And when you are making a serious playoff push, you don't want to have anybody playing out of position. Um, they're always keeping their eye out for another fifth starter, maybe someone who's an improvement on a Drew Hutchison. Uh, but I, I honestly think that, that uh, the focus now is on finding that fourth outfield type. And, and uh, again, hopefully a right-handed batter, hopefully with a bit of pop, and who can legitimately play a corner outfield spot. Mike, this has been a great pleasure for me. Uh, thanks very much for your time on this Monday, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again. All right, always happy to pinch it for Gregor anytime. <laughs> All right. Blue Jays broadcaster Mike Willner joining us here on MLB.com Extras Toronto Blue Jays. I'm Matt Waymire signing off. Join us again next week right here on MLB.com Extras. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.